Psalm chapter 84, where our pastor will be today, one of the verses in there says, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. May we do that today and sing praise to our God. He is exalted today. Amen. Let's sing together. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, would you stand and let's sing this great song together. Exalted forever, exalted now. 
Amen. Amen. I want more and more of the Lord today. Amen. I must decrease so that He can increase. That's our cry today. More and more of you, Lord. Would you be seated and listen as we sing? We have had enough of getting everything we want. We are weary of living this life just for us. Oh, forgive us of seeking your hand and not your face. Come and empty us, Father, we're desperate in this place. Holy Spirit, fill us with your fire. Give us your desires. Hold us close to you. Holy Spirit, give us revelation. given us so much more than we deserve. You deliver us by the power of your word. God, we lift you up, giving you the honor that is yours. Thank you for your love. Father, this is what we're living for. Oh! 
that is our desire today that we would have more of God in our lives and in our church. The message today says, I want more of God. And that is our passion. That's our cry. And so we're going to go to the Lord and ask Him to speak to us this morning as we worship and just to prepare our hearts for the message that's to come. If you're on the lower level and you can join me in kneeling, if you would do that, we want to seek the Lord this morning, asking Him to move in and speak to our hearts today. Lord Jesus, that is our cry today, that we want more of you. God, we've been content too long. We've been complacent too long. We've been apathetic too long. God, we need more of you. Pour out your spirit upon us. Reveal in our lives the places where we've set you aside, the dark corners where we've not allowed you to go, the things we've not turned over to you. Lord, check our priorities, the places and things that we've put ahead of you. And Lord, help us to correct those. God, our heart's desire today is to be like this psalmist we're going to encounter who says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Lord, may we have a passion, may we have a hunger, may we have a desire for you. And Lord, as we sing these songs of worship, may they be a pleasing fragrance and offering to you. As we break forth your word, may it be written upon our hearts. May your Holy Spirit challenge us today. May distractions be eliminated from this space so that you can move as only you can. Lord, some of us come this morning with burdens that, are, that, that we can't help but distract us. So Lord, right now we lay those burdens at your feet, knowing that you can take those, no matter what it is, uh, a loss, an illness, a, a great stressor. Lord, whatever it is, we give it to you. We lay it at your feet and we ask for you to take it as our powerful and almighty God. And Lord, we focus our minds, our hearts on you. We open our ears to what you'll say. We open our eyes to what you'll show us. We want to experience all of you today. Be manifest in this place is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things to do is lose track of time in the presence of the Lord. I love to do that. Just forget what time it is. Just give the glory to Him. May that be our desire today. Amen. 
Glory to God, glory to God forever. Would you sing his praise with us today? Rise and let's sing together. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. today.
Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, mighty God, you alone are worthy. You alone are free from sin. And we come in this holy place today to worship you. Thank you so much for all your blessings, especially the blessing of salvation given to us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for my family, my wife, my children, my church, and my church family. Thank you for allowing me to worship you in a country that is free. Let us continue to worship you now, Lord, with our tithes and offerings. Let these gifts be large in amount so as to meet our church needs and to further your kingdom. We ask this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen.
Thank you, Marie and Choir. What a great word for us today, that triumphantly the church will rise. And if we want to see that happen, we need more of God. We need to experience it. Most of us want more in some way or fashion. In fact, our desire for more is at the heart of our cravings. It's the heart of our longings, our hungers, our passions, our desires. We want more money. We want more house. We want more love, more food, more peace, more opportunities. Kids want more toys, more popularity, more skills. We want more knowledge, more answers, more sleep. Got some witness on that. More clothes, more time. And some of those desires for more motivate us and some of them control us, and some of them drive us crazy. Uh, some of those desires for more can destroy us. Some of those desires for more can improve us. Some of them are needs. Some of them are merely wants. The pursuit for more is so common that now in our culture, there is a movement to simplify, minimize, and downsize. Anybody watch Tiny Homes shows? Why anybody would want to pay $75,000 for something the size of a travel trailer, I don't know. But it's a new rage. It's all minimalized. Be small. Be simple. There's cleanses for your home, cleanses for your body, organizational principles. Everyone's trying to get a handle on this endless pursuit of more. There's one desire for more, however, that should never be placed aside. For it's a pursuit for more that always motivates us, it always improves us, it's always a need, and it's always good, and that is our desire for more of God. Unfortunately, that's one desire that we often don't have. Too often, we're content in our relationship with God, or we're complacent. I'm good, I have enough. We're, we're even apathetic. Nah, it doesn't matter. We would never be so content or apathetic when it came to something else in our lives. But we are when it comes to our relationship with God. And it's so easy to get there. We, we can say, we said we need more sleep, right? I need a little more sleep. So I'm going to just forgo my devotional time this morning and hit snooze a couple more times. And we miss one day and then two days, and then three days. And before we know it, we've missed a month of our time with God. And you thought you needed more sleep, and maybe you did, but you sacrificed more of God to get the sleep. And now you may have the sleep, but you lack the spiritual power that time with God would give you. And so now you're more tired and you're more stressed. We might say we need more family time. And so instead of cutting back on all the other activities in the week... We decide to skip worship one Sunday here or there and then a couple in a row and then more. And before long, we've drifted away. And you thought you needed more family time, but you sacrificed more of God to gain it. And now you may be together as a family, but your children are losing their foundation. And you are drifting and there's more conflict and there's more struggles. It's so easy to pursue more of everything else and never pursue more of God. 
And the reason it's so difficult is we live in a spiritual battle. And the enemy presents those other things. He takes good things and puts them before us. And he says, you need more of this and more of this and more of this. And in our endless pursuit for more of all of that, we're distracted away from what we really should be pursuing more of. The best thing. The God thing. We pursue more money, but we neglect the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We pursue more love, but neglect the God who loves us with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unending, and forever love. We pursue more peace, but neglect the God who is the peace speaker. We pursue more and more and more in the physical while neglecting the God who can supply everything we need through the spiritual realm. What we need is not more money, more love, more power, more skills, more passion, more popularity. What we need is more of God. And the Bible tells us that all the way through it. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will then be added to you. Romans 8, 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he, we, he not with him also freely give us all things? In Philippians 4, 19 and 20, my God will supply your every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We need more of God. The other stuff will come. I shared a couple of weeks ago that our theme for 2018 is fullness. And we want fullness in our relationship with God. We want fullness in our participation in the church. We want fullness in our impact in our world. And the only way to have fullness in all of those areas is to experience more of God. When we experience more of God in our personal lives and more of God in our corporate life as a church, those other things will come and we will experience fullness. Psalm 84 is our text for today, and if you haven't already turned there in your copy of God's Word, the psalmist here offers a sincere and personal longing for more of God. Uh, Such passion helps him grow in his relationship with God, it invigorates his service to God, and it increases his impact on God's world. This psalmist, we think, was probably a Levite. Uh, If you remember uh, your biblical history, the Levites were descendants of Jacob, one of those 12 sons. And when God gave Moses the law, generations after Jacob, God declared that the Levites would be in charge of the worship at the tabernacle and later at the temple. Uh, All of the priests had to be Levites, but not all the Levites were priests. The other Levites had some kind of role in the worship of the corporate community of Israel and This particular uh, Levite was a member of the sons of Korah. We see that in the uh, little description before we get into the psalm. And uh, the sons of Korah were a Davidic music guild uh, that was composed of Levites. And apparently this particular uh, Levite had been close to God in worship. In fact, that's where he was used to being. He was close to being right there in the middle of what God was doing. But for some reason, 
Something has changed, and he's been unable to go to the temple as normal. And so his longing is intense to be with God, to be at the house of God. He is starving for more of God. And his passion for more of God teaches us some things. The first thing that we see is that we should have a deep longing for God. Look at verses 1 through 4. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Oh, Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising God. How lovely is your dwelling place, he says. Yes, the tabernacle was lovely and the temple that followed it was even more lovelier. But it was not the mere beauty of the structures that the psalmist is talking about. It is the presence of God that makes the place lovely, not the building itself. The Jewish people put a lot of stock in the building of the temple and the building of the tabernacle as well. But this Levite knew that what made the place special was the presence of of almighty God. We can build beautiful buildings of worship like we enjoy here. We can build beautiful museums and libraries and government offices and homes and more, but architecture and construction can only make a place so special and so nice and so beautiful. It's the presence of God that adds something that makes a space a place to meet with God. His presence can make a shack feel better than a palace and a metal building feel better than a cathedral. The temple is lovely. It's beloved because God dwells there. When Rebecca and I were in college, we sang with the Louisiana College Chorale. And during the spring break of our junior year of college, Chorale took a trip to Austria and Germany. It was our first time to ever be um, in, in Europe, only time ever to be in Europe. And uh, we enjoyed that trip so much. And we, we found uh, some time one day, we had some kind of free afternoon, and um, we wanted to walk through the streets of Vienna. And I had this thing of Let's go in all the churches we can. I quickly realized that you could never do that in, in Europe. There's like one on literally every corner there. And well, we, we were going through several of them. And, and we found one that was stuck deep within a cluster of buildings. And I don't know what made us go in. But we stepped in. And the building was basically empty. There might have been a couple of people praying. But the organist was rehearsing. And we both, being music people and church people, immediately recognized the tune and whispered to each other, they're playing Blessed Assurance. They're playing an English Protestant hymn in the middle of Vienna, Austria, in a Catholic church. And so we thought it was amazing. That's kind of what we said. Amen. So we sat down and, and we listened and we worshiped. And we had recently been over at St. Stephen's, uh, the cathedral in Vienna. And I think Corral had, had even sang there. But we said as we sat there in that church, the tourists are at St. Stephen's. But God is here. Both churches were beautiful. But the presence of God made all the difference in the world. St. Stephen's felt like a tourist trap. 
whatever church this was, felt like the house of God. When you get a taste of the presence of God, you want more of it. Do you feel the, ten- the intensity of the psalmist in, in verse 2? My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of God. My heart and my flesh cry out. Everything about him longs for God. His soul, his heart, his flesh. And the praise and worship can't be kept inside. He must cry out and rejoice and worship his God. It wells up from deep within inside him. In verse 3, then, he even shares a bit of envy about the sparrows. Perhaps the psalmist had, had spent times in his Levitical duties watching the birds around the temple. And, and he could see that they got to fly the, over the open courts and light wherever they wanted. They could even slip into the holy place or even slip past the curtain into the holy of holies and get as close into the presence of God as they wanted The Levite was limited as to how close he could get, but the birds could build a nest right at the Ark of the Covenant if they wanted to. And he's envious. He says, man, they are right there by the presence of God. And that causes the psalmist to burst forth then in the next, at the end of verse 3. Oh, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. That statement there joins together two different uh, names of God, the covenant name Yahweh and the the God of creation Elohim, the name that's used in Genesis 1. And he brings both of those names together to talk about God as the almighty, wonderful God who has a relationship with us. And he joining those two speaks to God's mercy and his sovereignty. And, And this great explosion of praise comes forth from this psalmist. Oh, Lord Almighty. And then in verse 4, he says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Then notice the word, Selah. This was a technical term for music. It, we don't really know. We don't really know exactly what all it meant, but it could have indicated a, a, a time for a key change. It could have been a time for a little turnaround in the music. It could have just been a place to pause and reflect and whatever it was, whether it was a time for a key change or a, a time for a turnaround in the music or just a time to pause and reflect. It was a time to pause and reflect. When our instrumentalists do a turnaround in music and they play a few bars or maybe they change keys, that's not wasted time. That's a time to reflect about what's going on. That's a time to even think about what you just sang. And that's what this is. It's a time to pause, a time to think. And so let's say la and ask ourselves some important questions. This Levite longs to be with God. And so ask yourself, do I long to be at church? Or is it a habit? Do I long to be with God in his presence? Or do I long for other things more than I long for God? How am I blessed when I'm with God in personal devotion or in corporate worship? What kind of blessings do I receive? And does my praise for God require expression? Is it welling up inside of me that it has to come out? Or do I just stand there? Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't see how you can. If you've experienced the presence of God, it's got to come out. 
They've got to sing glory to God forever, now and forever. The triumphantly the church will rise and I want to be a part of that. That's what it's about. We should have a deep longing for God. The psalmist doesn't stop there though. For you see, not only do we have a deep longing for God, but we can expect blessings when we pursue God. What are those blessings? Well, the psalmist mentions at least four. He says that when we pursue God, we find strength in God. Verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. When we dwell with God, we find our strength in God. Our strength doesn't come from brains or brawn. Our strength comes from God. Brains and brawn both deteriorate. Both will end. But the power of God is always available for God is always on his throne. Notice also that those who pursue God set their hearts on pilgrimage. God pursues us, yes, but we should also pursue God as well, that we should want him, that we should want more of him. Our hearts should be journeying to him every single day. So when we pursue God, we find strength in God. Also, when we pursue God, we break through difficulties and discouragements. Look at verse 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. The valley of Baca was a place of dry wastelands. The word means weeping. You can remember what it's about by just thinking, Baca, you know, they're weeping. The psalmist is thinking about a rough time in life when I'm going through the valley of Baca. But notice what happens in the valley of Baca. He says, even here, in this dry, desolate place of weeping, it becomes a place of springs and pools because God turns up and God turns the dry valley of trials into a lush valley of growth. He also says that there are pools in the spring. He was prepared to receive the rains. You see, when travelers would travel in that ancient time, they would sometimes dig little pits that would be prepared then to keep when the rains fell to catch the rain or when the dew fell to catch what little dew there was so they would have water to drink or to fill their, their uh, water skins. And by digging those holes, they got ready to receive the rain when it came. Friends, our daily digging into God's word allows to dig some pits out in our life so that when the showers of blessings come, we can receive it and we can drink fully from it. And sometimes it's in the deep, dark, trying valleys of life that we dig the deepest pits. Because we're so longing for God to move and we're so longing for God to do something. And then when we're really prepared for it, whoosh, God brings it. Be ready for the springs that come. When we pursue God, we break through difficulties and discouragements. When we pursue God, we grow in strength. Look at verse 7. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. 
Particularly this strength comes from support and the idea is of a pilgrimage to the temple. And so one pilgrim sets out and then another pilgrim joins alongside him. Where are you going? I'm going to the temple. Well, can I go with you? Yeah, let's travel together strength to strength. And then those two join with another and they get together until finally a whole group is going up to the temple to worship. And they all arrive there together and they're excited. Some would not have gone up had others not encouraged them saying, come with us. Some would not have continued had someone not come along them and said, come on, man, you can make it. This is growing from strength to strength. It's talking about doing life together as a family of faith. Because when we do life together as a family of faith, we help one another press on and grow closer to God. But that's not the only blessing. Because he also says when we pursue God, we know God will hear us. Look at verse 8 and 9. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. When you walk with God regularly, you know God personally. And you know that he hears and he answers prayer. And you can lose time with him like Kevin talked about earlier today. Just as you can lose time with someone you really love in your life. Again, the writer brings Elohim and Yahweh together. And he's saying, not only are you the great God who created everything, but you are my God. And so God, hear my prayer. And then once again at the end of verse 8 is that word, Selah. Change the key. Pause. Reflect. Do a turnaround. And so let's do that. Look back at the blessings. Are any of them temporal or material? No. They're all spiritual. They're truly things we need for life. Do I find my ultimate strength in God and pursue him for that strength? Do I know of God's blessings in the hard times in the valley of Baca? Anybody been there? Had the blessings come After the trial, the greatest light comes after the darkest of night. As as we develop this deep longing for God, we can expect blessings. And then the psalmist says, our longing for God will impact our service to God. Verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. As a Levite, this psalmist could perform many worship tasks. But perhaps he was a doorkeeper. When they were assigning duties, he got usher. Nevertheless, he would rather the menial chore and even a more menial chore than to live in the heights. Now, people might wonder, man, why are you there? Come over here. Come up on the platform. Let people see you. Do something that people can tell you good job for. But he doesn't worry about that. He'd rather be right where he is. A doorkeeper may not have been as upfront as a priest or a singer or the choir, but it was a very important job, as every job for God is important. 
As a doorkeeper, he had the important task of gathering money from the people for temple purposes, caring for the sacred vessels, many jobs much like an usher might do here. And this Levite's attitude simply was, if that's what's needed, that's what I'll do. Don't ever think that your service to God in whatever you do is unimportant. Every single job for God is vital. Not just those that are up on the platform. Not just those that are seen. Not just the teachers in the Sunday school class. Every single person is important. Every job is important. Why is that? Verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is with us. Why is it? Because of who God is. He's a sun and shield. Matthew Henry said, we are here in darkness, but if God be our God, he will be to us a sun to enliven and enlighten us, to guide us and protect us. We are here in danger, but he will be to us a shield to secure us from the fiery darts that fly thickly about us. It's because of who God is. It's also because of what God does. He bestows grace and mercy on us. We all need grace When God gives us what we don't deserve. And Lord, we also need mercy when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. And he bestows both of those on us. For those whose walk is blameless. For whatever God does is good. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's constant. He's with us and he's given. Let's reflect a moment on this desire to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Do I want to serve God in his church anywhere and however? You know, people sometimes get upset when they're not asked to sing the solo or teach a class or be a deacon or do something else up front and out there. That was not the attitude of this Levite. I'll be a doorkeeper. I'll be one of many. Do you have that attitude? The psalmist concludes with one final reminder of both his blessings and why he has them in verse 12. Oh, Lord Almighty, there again, the joining. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. That's where it's at. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. I don't know about you, but I want more of God. I need more of God. No matter how close to God I get, I realize I always need more of him. And when I drift away from where I was, I really realize I need more of him. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In junior high, I spent the night with my friend Parag Patel, who by his name, you can tell, was from India. And... um, I wanted to try Indian food as I was going to spend the night with him. And so Parag's mom prepared a bunch of different, two or three different kinds of Indian food and some Indian flatbreads. And then they also ordered pizza just in case the American kid didn't like the Indian food. Well, I like to eat, like to eat then. I liked all of it. I was like, let me try that. Oh, some more, more of that Indian bread. Give me some of that. Yeah, I'll take a piece of pizza. You want to try that? Yeah, I'll try the pepper pizza. Sure, whatever. I just went for it. And, and Parag's dad, Dr. Patel, got so tickled. He, I never could understand most of what he said. But he said that night, eat more, eat more. <laughs> eat more, eat more. Enjoy it. He saw the joy that I was having. And he wanted to bestow more of that joy on me. 
eat more. I, I finally, I can remember still saying, no, I've had plenty. I can't eat anymore. When we experience God and enjoy his presence, he too laughs. And he stands over us and he says, eat more. Eat more. Take more. He delights in our enjoyment of his presence and his blessings on our life. So why would you ever want to miss out on that? Why would you ever want to miss out for that? Do you want more of God? Do you need more of God? Then let's seek him today. May we pray together. God. Given the choice every single time we want to choose, I want more of God. And so, Lord, today I pray for those in this room that need to choose that. Lord, as we went through those reflection questions, some of us may have thought, man, I I need to make some changes in my life. I've got my priorities out of whack. I really don't have a passion for God like I should. And so, Lord, for the believers in this room who are lacking the passion, God, I pray you'll stir it up in them. Lord, maybe something they heard today, something they sang today, something you said to them through the quietness of your Holy Spirit in their their spirit. Lord, stir them up so that they'll want to pursue you. And Lord, for those in this room who've never trusted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that right here where they are, they would realize their need for you. And that they would do as Garrett did some months ago, realize that they're a sinner and realizing that that there's no way they can get to heaven on their own. There's no way can, they can have abundant life here in this, in this life without you. And so, Lord, I pray that they would turn over their hearts to you and trust you as their Lord and Savior and that today would be the day of their salvation. God, this morning, we want more of you. We unashamedly ask for you to give it and for you to move in and to transform us. God, this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.